Tell your story through video with Liberty White, a producer and creative director at Chosen Media. She's a native of Toronto who currently reside in the ATL, Portlanta, Atlanta, y'all. Liberty has over 15 years of multimedia experience and co-founded ATL WebFest, which is the first web series festival in the Southeast. Chosen Media creates educational videos for businesses and event marketing content for marketing communication teams. Liberty is also the founder and creator of 100 Small Biz, a digital marketing accelerator and workshop series. These events are designed to equip businesses, nonprofits, and startups with the tools and knowledge to increase customer engagement and receive the hands-on training to build custom digital marketing campaigns. I'm so ecstatic that, that I got to finally meet Liberty. I've been following her on Instagram. And I truly appreciate the fact that she came all the way here to Scarborough in the studio for a face-to-face conversation. The convo was so good, y'all, that I had to make it a two-part. So prepare yourself to a fun and educational convo with special guest Liberty White for another episode of Black Canadian Content Creators Podcast. Welcome to the Black Canadian Content Creators Podcast. We have our third studio special guest, Miss Liberty White. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for I feel so honored to be in this space because this space is needed. Yes. It's overdue and to be here touching the ground, <laughs> feeling the earth. I just, I'm on it. Those, thank you for the invitation. Oh, thank you for accepting. Thank you for being here. I've been stalking you a little bit. I've stalked you. Okay, listen, if when you're listening to this show, as you know, I'm going to say this a lot. I stalk everyone that I really love their content and what they're doing. And I'm like, what are they doing? What are they up to? Right. And so, uh, so you are, okay. I don't know. Let's 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 start. There's so much you, to talk about. <laughs> yes. So you're a creative director, engagement officer. You are founder of Chosen Media. Correct. And uh, so you develop custom social video content for communities and brands. Yes. And this is the interesting part. You are a drone pilot, like certified. certified yes. How? Explain that to me. I didn't even know you can get a certification for this. You you have to, actually. To, oh. If you do recreation, that's one thing. Okay. But if you're doing it for, for money, then you need to. So there's one in Canada. So I don't have my Canadian certification yet. I have a U.S. certification, which is the FAA. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you, you study. You take the test. It's... It's hard. Is it? <laughs> it's it's hard. If you study, you'll be okay. Okay. But for me, just you know, coming from the just being creative to now having to learn weather and like you're really? you really are like a pilot. You are learning temperature and weather and elevation and all of that stuff. So wow. Yeah, that was huge. A friend of mine said the way the industry is going and with all the regulations coming down, I really think you should get your license because if you think about it too, a lot of these movies. They're drone shots if it's not a helicopter. So as a video content creator, that being something that we can add that others might not have. And even if I'm not flying, there are folks who don't have their license and they're amazing pilots. But then at least I cover 
anyone that works with us. And what are the benefits to um, to having? I mean, the pilot, uh, the the certification. Yeah. In terms of uh, as a content business, you know, professional content creator. Yeah. Video. I think the the most important thing is that if another company like a a brand needs drone footage, that they have the assurance mm. that we know what we're doing because we are. FAA certified. And there's only, I want to say it's under 3% of women in the U.S. that are certified. So again, you can fly a drone, but to actually have that license is something. And um, yesterday I was at the Be Future conference and there was a young woman, I'm going to have to pull up my phone um, to look up her name, but she's doing stuff with drones, like things like air, um, not Air Canada, but like Canada Post, that's the future of them to sh- like ship, speed up shipments. Yeah, that's true. Amazon, right? Amazon is Uber, like all those. So just to be able to be on the ground level of having that. So before it gets all clustered and cluttered and all of that, mm-hmm. yeah, to be in that space. So I'm, I'm really grateful that I buckled down and studied and got it. What so. was the What was the process from buckling down to getting it? Like how long was the study to getting, you know, doing the test? I want to say it was maybe about six to eight weeks. And because like literally buckled down. So I would study at the gym. So going to the gym every morning, I pulled out the app uh, or the um, the book. So mm-hmm. it was like an 80 something page book. And I read it every day for uh, about f- three weeks or so. Mm-hmm. I took every test because there's a lot of free tests online that you can take. So I took tests. And then also <laughs> this was last summer. I was driving back and forth between Toronto and Atlanta. Whoa. So on the long drive. Yes. It's about 15 hours yeah. if you're if you're solid <laughs> and you don't make too many stops. But I would listen to there are a lot of people who have done tutorials on YouTube, YouTube and Google are your friend. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Okay, that's funny. You said Google and Google like. Hey. Oh, Google wants Eric to do something. Is a 2015 movie See? <laughs> <laughs> See? That is my executive assistant. People like don't know that I if you get a text message from me or some kind of funky reading message, <laughs> Siri has I'll be like, "Siri, hey Siri, text Okay, good. Because I was like hoping it didn't pop yeah. up. But yeah, I was just listening to tutorials on that drive. Mm-hmm. So you really can, in this day and age, learn almost anything. That's so true. Our kids taught us that. We have three kids and they learn everything. I was just telling you one of our youngest baking. Right. That's all YouTube. You know, there like you go. It, even in my job where I do tech support. I don't know what just <laughs> I do tech support. Um and I say that to clients all the time. Just go on YouTube and Google that. Yeah. All that yeah. information is there. You've mentioned uh, you, the driving Toronto and Atlanta. I'm yes. so curious. So you've been doing video content creation for, gosh, 15 for, uh, yeah, a long plus time. years yeah. since you started at the age of four. and <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what got, how did you go from being here to Toronto to Atlanta? Yeah, great question. So if you think about that time where there was this whole brain drain that they were talking about, I want to say that might have been like the early 2000s, like late 90s, early 2000s. So I um, was in school. I went to U of T. And in my third year... What were you uh, learning at U of T? So major, so um, minor English and French. Okay. Right. 
has almost nothing, nothing to, to do. <laughs> almost. Right. Besides, we, we can circle <laughs> back to that. We're going to get to that, yes. <laughs> and I think it was in my third year that I don't know what it was, but something said like, oh, wait a second. If I learn how to do web pages, I could develop websites on the side while going to school. Mm-hmm. So what I did was rearrange my schedule and I went to Humber for, at that time, Adobe, uh, it was Macromedia. So what we see now as the Adobe product suite, Macromedia, Flash, Dreamweaver, all of those things, which a lot of people don't really know <laughs> about now. Um, but that was housed under that. So I went and got a web management, like went through the program there. And so the whole thing was to side hustle before side hustling was a thing. And that's actually what got me to the States by having that skill set and that documentation for shout out Humber College. I need to go back there one day yes. and, and be like, thank you. You should I, see what it looks like now. Thanks. Amazing looking. I, I might have to do that. Maybe yeah, on yeah, this yeah. Trip. I need to go too. Yeah. 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 But just that part of things, too, um, I went to Dallas first, and I did a journalism program there for a little bit, and I came back home, finished U of T, because had a little OSAP situation, (laughs) and had to stop school. Right? (laughs) But I guess what kids call nowadays a gap year, that was technically my gap year, because then I went to work with Fitzroy Gordon. Okay. For a year, that year that I wasn't in school. So now for, tell us who's Fitzroy Gordon. That's right. Nobody so knows. for those of you who are, uh, don't know, Fitzroy Gordon is the founder of, I don't want to say Karn because my, my brain went all the way back there, but G97. Mm-hmm. And he passed earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And I just look at like how instrumental he was to my life, not only as a mentor and I was helping him as he was building like Karn. This is now early 2000s again, trying to get a bid with the CRTC. Mm-hmm. And I look at that experience as like the hustle and the groundwork, if you want to say the man or that, like the, you're fighting David and Goliath. Like I really had a David and Goliath experience in that. So of, you witnessed that, 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 that David and Goliath moment with him. Yeah. You were there. Yeah. Wow. With the first one, because he had to apply twice. I, I, I was, well, I was telling you, I went to Humber. Right. Radio broadcasting. Yes. That was around the time. And yeah. I remember hearing like little buzzwords, like this guy is thinking and, every, you know, people in the community yeah. like, I don't know. Because <laughs> this is a big, mm. if we go back, because then Denim Jolly was the first one who actually was able to get and that was flow. Mm-hmm. And then that was marketed as one way to the community. Yeah. And then for everybody like. flow was hard. Yes. To get. Extremely. <laughs> Extremely. And I need to yes. pick up his book. I saw, I think it oh, was okay. Ian. There's a book out. And oh. I was like, oh, I need to pick that up as a content, as a black Canadian content creator. Like that is what we have. He is who we have as like our legacy, like someone who broke through right. before, you know, everyone else. Because, yeah, it's it's history. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I remember, like I said, when it, it was actually, it wasn't. Fitzroy, it was Flo. Okay. Okay. So it shows my age. <laughs> and uh, and I remember when Flo and I was hoping and I just, I think everyone was pushing and hoping because when I went to, in, in the industry, in Canada anyway, back then, one of the biggest thing that Whenever, you know, some schools and certain programs, they'll invite, you know, they'll, they'll invite like, the, we had like a lady who 
Oh, I, I forgot her name, but she used to, I think she still does a show where she interviews. It's all about movie reviews and okay. things like that for Rogers at the time. Okay. I think she still does that. And so we always had these guests host and the biggest takeaway was who you know helped you get in the industry. And so I'm thinking in my mind, oh, I'm a black woman in Canada. There's not that many like representation. Like, who do I know? Exactly. Who, where, who's going to say yes to me? Right? right. And so when the idea of flow was thinking, I was like, oh gosh, I hope this happens because that's opportunities for someone that looks like me. And so many right now who are probably studying, you know, in different broadcasts or film or, you know, right. You know, video, things like that. Like, okay, we, <laughs> hopefully yeah. there's enough, there's going to be enough spots for some of us, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And and someone who breaks, who's able to break through and then open doors for everyone else. There was, and I have to like find this tweet from Claudette McGowan. She said yesterday, when you when you break through the door, and let me get this straight because I do not want to oh, mess this up. Take your time. Oh, this is the what so of editing. Yes. <laughs> That's true. So she said, there's no prize in being the only one. When you get there, I hope to God you're bringing someone with you. Did you feel that? Did you feel that? I am all about that. And that's what, you know, that's what he did. That's what Fitzroy did. That's what Jem did. That's what Mark did. Like, we can go down the list of, you know, folks who had to fight like Nipsey. I think that's a line, you know, all my life, filing all my. But anyhow, mm-hmm. um, Nipsey Hustle. But they opened the doors so that others could come through. Yeah. You know, so it was it was a blessing to be a part of that. Again, it was like the first application by that time. Um, so as I was trying to, I went after help working with Fitzroy, went to Dallas, did a journalism program, came back, got a bursary. Bless God for bursaries, because at time, you know, scholarships are not what they are in the U.S. That they just you could smile and you can get a scholarship. Oh. You know, here, the I would say that the restrictions, at least at that time, were much different. You had to have like straight A's and stuff. That was not my story. <laughs> I can now come, you know, now realizing like, oh, I was not the greatest student. I, I realized that I'm a doer, you know, so that's why Humber made a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. U of T, I always say this, U of T taught me, the University of Toronto taught me um, regulations and taught me policy and and, and red tape. <laughs> yeah, I, I learned a lot of that, like um, getting classes, which classes take all of that kind of stuff. You um, Humber, I really learned we worked with our hands. Right. Very true. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Cutting tapes here <laughs> on analog <Yeah>. machines <laughs> right. to like, hey, this digital thing is happening. Right. Oh, what's that about? Yeah, exactly. And then, um, yeah, I tried to get a job at that time. Dose was around. Um, and, you know, for those of you, I think now the so Toronto Star has those free newspapers, but there were a plethora of those free newspapers in the train stations. So I was like, oh, they're starting to do web content. I could work there. That'd be perfect. Humber, like, you know, all of that. And I couldn't get a job. And it's extremely competitive here, especially from, you know, a journalism standpoint. Mm. And I started coaching Raptor Ball, and I'm I'm proud of that. Nothing wrong with that. I was coaching kids, so that was what I could get at the time. And I remember my mentor in Dallas um, called me one day just to check in, and she said, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm I'm really proud. I'm coaching Raptor Ball. I started this magazine because Chosen Media actually started as Chosen Magazine. Oh, so it was online online magazine. Toya Alexis was the second cover, doing an interview with her, wow. and she was like what? 
get your butt back down here and helped me get a ticket. And I was on a plane back to Dallas. How did you find this coach? Because <laughs> th- no, that's a, that is a true question. Like, uh, I, how, <laughs> like, how did you find a, a, this, your mentor? So, and hopefully we get to this. And if we don't, we can have this conversation we'll have part right. two, three, four. <laughs> at another time. But one of the things that I believe being Canadian, being black Canadian, um, for those who are West Indian or any other culture that has come here is you have to work 10 times as hard to achieve anything. So when I was in Dallas, uh, there was like a community newspaper and I looked at it and, you know, kind of like the share. And I looked at it and I saw like free journalism workshop. I was like, what? Free? Especially remember, I'm coming off of my OSAP situation (laughs) here. So I'm like, oh, of course. And I I walked into the the classroom and they um, the National Association of Black Journalists. So NABJ there here is. here is uh in canada it's the cabj the canadian association of black journalists so it was a program where all the journalists that are on major networks there come on the weekends to help students in the community high school students college students to help prep them help teach them um share their stories and their experiences so i am eating like i the way i look at it is in that maybe three months, I probably got enough of like what somebody would get in one or two years. Okay. And building relationships. Mm -hmm. And because these are African-American journalists who have been through the struggle, who are trying to help us get ahead. You know, um, my mom would always, you know, I have a Jamaican background, so you must get your education. (laughs) Right. Mm-hmm. Likewise, they are like, this is how you get ahead. You need like we would come in and they would do question and answer with us, knowing current events like those are the things. If you're going to be in news, you've got to know those things. So that experience definitely helped me. And because, again, the OSAP and having and not having a job like I was hungry. So I yeah. came in hungry and they saw that. So I would say, you know, for folks who are either looking for a mentor I think one of the biggest things, like, yes, look for them, but work on being great in whatever whatever you're trying to excel at because the, the mentors that will stay with you the longest are the ones that they'll find you mm. because they're looking for someone to pour into or to duplicate or they see themselves in you. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's real. And so, so here you are. You're young. Let's go. We're going to go back. We're going to okay. rewind. <laughs> okay. So what, and I ask that question to a lot. How was, how was Liberty, yeah. little, little Liberty like, and what were you into? Like, what was the thing you're like, you know, this is my, this is what um, I want to be when I grew up or my passion. This is what, like, what did you play? What were you into as a child? Yeah. As a child, or even I was as a teen. I would say that it was, I wanted to be a nurse. Really? That was my thing. It's like being a nurse, I was going to be a nurse or I was going to be a teacher. And to a degree, I can see where some of that, like now, I'm probably just have very much more technical skills, Mm -hmm. but teaching people, like we teach digital marketing skills, we teach video marketing skills. I'm very much so um, concerned with how people perceive, like, um, 
promote themselves online. So I think that's kind of like the nurse, the care part of things. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I there's sometimes that I will DM people and I'll be like, um, hey, there's a typo here. <laughs> typo here and you know not put it on their wall because i get (laughs) i understand like hey you know we're in a rush yeah yeah, you're in that stage but it's like hey if i can i saw this typo and they're like oh my goodness you don't understand how many people like thank you they go back they fix it because at the end of the day that's their brand that's their business that's how people perceive them so i'm just kind of caring about how people communicate online Mm -hmm. earlier during our conversation too you said you Fitzroy but you put a lot of time when you're in Toronto as well to work in the broadcast industry how did how did that happen so I grew up in Vaughan like started in Toronto until my parents moved to all of us to Vaughan and growing up in Vaughan it's like Everybody was a DJ. You know, Toronto has so many DJs (laughs) that it's not even. There has to be a statistic somewhere about like DJs per capita at Toronto. In the 90s? Yes. Every Jackman was. Everybody had a house party and everybody had a DJ. And, you know, I'm I really am blessed. You know what? I appreciate this conversation because I'm looking back at how I would go down to play the record with my friends. Oh my god! Right? You said that day. Play the record and 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 we would. I my first song that I scratched to was I'm not. I can't do it now. Mm. I need to brush up. But was. uh, J. Rue the Damager. So, and I'm sure someone's going to laugh at how I said that because I haven't said that name in so long. But just growing up around DJs, they were on um, 105.5 back when it was CHRY um, or, well, it was under York University is yes. what I should say because yeah. now it's Vibe. Yeah. Um, so, DOC, Presto, Netty Nice. like boys. Uh, Right. <laughs> like, I grew up with them. So, that was the thing to do. What was it? Thursday morning, Island Explosion. You're <laughs> Yes. You're waiting for a shout out on the air. Yeah, Nikki, shout out to Nikki, the original Nikki, the secretary. So she was, you know, do, holding that spot down first. So some of my friends who would um, spin in the evening or evening, one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning with their shows, Supernova and some of those guys, you know, I would go out, either get picked up. Some friend would pick me up or figure my way to get to like York. Oh, wow. God bless my parents now because there's no way I would let my, ch- my children How did they do- let you? Did they know where you were going? They did. Okay. But I think it was one, again, we were community. So they knew who my friends were and my friends came over and yeah, I would read flyers or I would answer the phones. And I really believe that. So there's um, some content we create, short content, 60 second rundown. And if you think about it, CHRY had those like one minute um commercials almost community commercials that they would do so i learned early if you right now when we look at video content digital content it's all about creating snackable content that you can get in get out Mm. who where when what why so i was groomed at 16 you know to be able to do that and now just bring those transferable skills over to now so yeah i spent my time with djs and because of the time with djs here i am creating content for brands and organizations so now so you went from having chosen magazine yes how did you move how did you change the brand from the magazine to now chosen media media when i was in atlanta so my story from dallas to atlanta was i got hired by a um, a publishing company rolling out 
um, some people, you probably click on articles and don't even realize because now we're in that age where we just see the article and we click through. But they're one of like the leading urban magazines um, or online portals in the U.S. And so I was working there doing articles and stuff like that. Now, how did you get to work there? Because now you're, you know, your your mentor called you in Dallas. She yes. said, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you right. need to get over there. Right. So you get over there. What did she do? With you, like, what did you guys did work like? on or look like before now going into this magazine? So there's, um, I think it might have been like the second year, because I did this back and forth. Everybody's like, are you here or are you there? Like, where, the question I always get is like, where are you? <laughs> and I'm like, home. No, where's home? <laughs> where's home? Yeah. But I did an interview with the publisher of the magazine in the journalism program. Oh, this is going to be good. Okay. <laughs> the journalism program and just because I thought he was interesting and he was kind of the storytelling and doing profiles I'm really big on on people profiles and in doing that while I was in Toronto he was asking about me like where's that girl that interviewed yes where's that girl who interviewed me and so when I went back to Dallas now and I was working for a business assistance center which is kind of like a lot of these small business organizations here I was doing some marketing with them um, he kept asking and the director in Dallas was like hey how about you come do some work with us mm -hmm. so while I was doing the marketing stuff I was working with them and then they found out that I had online skills because we started to do a newsletter so that was when like email newsletters were, yeah. were big. There was, it's interesting how things come full circle and so we did a newsletter we started one in Dallas that just talked about events special events and happenings and the Atlanta market our newsletter in Dallas was bigger than the Atlanta one because oh, wow. of all the reviews, movie reviews and content that we put in there. So he knew that we had, and again, Humber College, plug, plug, having those skills. So I was hand coding HTML to put this newsletter out with constant contact. And they flew me out to Atlanta to see what the Atlanta office was like. Little did I know they fired the web director there. Ooh. So I was coming in thinking I was just seeing the office when they said, oh, hey, can you just update the site <laughs> while you're here? <laughs> so, okay, update the site. One week, I was only supposed to be there for a week. And then it's like two weeks. And then it's like three weeks. And I'm updating with the, the stories and the profiles. And then it was like, hey, can you interview this person? So it's like it went from weeks to months. To, I was in Atlanta for five months in a hotel. Oh, wow. So the blessing in that was in being the hotel, I got a stipend also while working there that I was like, let me go pay down this OSAP. So I was sending money home, paying wow. down my OSAP and long and... But how are you covering the hotel? Like oh, they, through they, the job? They, they covered you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a great opportunity. Definitely. And, and all because of just my curiosity of like, oh, I want to interview the publisher. You know, again... Here in Canada, it's sometimes it's very hard to, people are not as accessible. So when it's like, oh, he was at an event. This is this is a story for anybody who's trying to figure out how to find somebody that you've always wanted to talk to. He was at an event and literally in the middle of that workshop, I was at that workshop and I saw that he was going to be at whatever mall or whatnot. And I asked, my mentor was the organizer of this so workshop. So you were strategic. This was, was not like, yeah. oh, 
this guy seems interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you I had a strategy. A, yes. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, had, <laughs> I had a strategy. And like you said, when you're stalking, admiring, doing your research on people. So when I saw that he was going to be there and they weren't necessarily interested in his story all that much, but I was like, I have to, he owns a magazine. Remember I was, I started doing something here in Toronto. So I was like, right. he owns a magazine. I need to find out more and talk to him. So went to this place, did a quick interview. And can you imagine that interview was probably only five or 10 minutes, but he was years later. He's where's that girl who interviewed me? Yeah. Your gift will make room for you. I just had to like throw that in there. So yes, when you are trying to get in contact with someone, sure you can DM now, but imagine if they're somebody of stature, they most likely have been, they get tons of DMs. So how are you going to stand out? Mm-hmm. Are you going to stand out by maybe finding some articles that they might be interested to? Because I'm telling you, anybody who is busy, if you can save them time or money, they're going to keep you close. Say that again. Anybody that is <laughs> about that life and they and you're trying to get close to them, if you can save them time or money, they are going to keep you close. That's so true. Yeah. I, I'm like, <laughs> it's in the vault. Yeah. It's like every time before I hit, can I save them time or money? Okay, how do I do that? How do I translate that in what I'm about to email or yeah. even a call? You know, a call goes a long way because people yes. rarely do this. That's <laughs> like, it. Because we're, we're texting and we're so sometimes being able to unplug as much. I say this all the time, as much as I'm this digital person mm. that sometimes I also spend so much time in the car. I'll see your message. You'll see that scene in Instagram. You'll see it seen. But my ability to respond to you is going to probably be days or weeks or whatever the case may be. You picked up the call. Hey, Liberty, just wanted to tell you. Da, 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 da. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. And then if you're like, oh, I could just send it da, 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 or I can tell that person you've just took you took something off my plate Mm. Mm. find a way to take something off of somebody's plate you know it's so funny you say that because it's like uh, i would say this for podcasters you know like who are new and and you want to do especially if it's guest based make a wish list that's good you know i'm about to give a tip make a wish list (laughs) i was like should i share this of course yes Uh, um make a wish list i make a wish list of the people i want I hope to have on my show. Yeah. And then I, it changes once I start planning what I want to talk about. Okay. And it changes from hope to like, no, this is going to happen yes. because I'm putting time into it. Yes. And it's like, it, it's so funny. And, and you said something that's key. It's saving time. Maybe sometimes the person doesn't know you exist or, um, you said something about taking off something off the person's plate. Maybe the person know you were there, but just don't know how to approach you True. to Facts. be like on or to collaborate or, and you're saving them time that you say, Hey, I'm here. And it's yes. like, you get, especially in social media, like as content creators, you know, we see each other on some aspect. That's good. You know what I mean? But it's like, nobody wants to take that step. Yes. And, you know, you have to, you are, I say that to my kids, you are your only and best advocate. That's good. You know, and that's what you have to be. How do I be an advocate for what I'm doing? So yeah. let me take the step forward let me save time yeah. for people, for, for, to create opportunities. Cause opportunities don't come to you. You have to create it. That's it. And I see that a lot in 
everything that you're doing. Like, I was like, this girl is so clever. You have like, thank you. Uh, like workshops. Yes. Like, okay, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get to that. But sorry, I, I think I cut you off. But no, you were no, saying no. Something that about was your story. No, just that. Everything that you said was so on point. Is that I don't know who originally coined this. Again, that journalism side, you got to source everything. I don't know who originally coined it, but just the bar people, I think, don't realize how low the bar is as it relates to either making contact with people or even when you put something out. If you just take a little extra time or think strategically that you're going to shine like you that just that one little piece of effort is going to put you ahead. So my one little piece of effort of saying, let me go to the mall because I know he's already speaking. I haven't taken him out of his schedule let me go to the mall sit down and interview with him Mm. that little piece of effort you know the benefits of that reverberated you know in time and destiny Mm -hmm. if you really want to say yeah what was it uh preparation when preparation meets opportunity yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah. so now you you're there and how how did that opportunity create for you to get to atlanta Yeah. So in them, you know, bringing me into the fold, I would say, is that then I ultimately became the web director. So here I am working with they had a dedicated video team, but we were just making we were the ones to make sure that the content got online. And at that time, you know, NAFTA's changed since then. But because of my technical skills, that was one of the things that I was able to be in the States and work Mm. because of the NAFTA agreement and having a professional skill set. What is NAFTA, if anyone? The North American Free Trade Agreement. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Depending on how old you are, you remember back in like 92, Prime Minister Brian Mulroney did something and everybody was freaking out about what it meant. And it was brought up again when Trudeau just got voted and the Trump and how's that going with NAFTA? Yes. All of that. (laughs) But NAFTA? (laughs) NAFTA saved saved my butt because of that skill set to be in the States because, you know, we think about immigration, like being in Canada, okay, all these immigrants that are coming here, but, you know, Canadians that go to the U.S. or in this, you're an immigrant. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day. So there are certain laws and regulations and stipulations. And because of NAFTA, I was able to um, work there. So, yeah, I spent some years there as the web director. And again, leading to where I am now, we're the video department. Like they do celebrity interviews. So being able to get those interviews online. So just having access and seeing what that behind the scenes look like. Um, I kind of got tired of seeing certain people on the cover all the time. So remember, as a child, I want to be either a nurse or a teacher. Mm. So there comes a point where you kind of get numb to it. And then you you learn the politics of media. You learn the politics of mm. payola and like things like that. So I was just like, this is, is this really what I want to do? Like, mm-hmm. am I really? And then I was behind a desk a lot of the times. How am I really serving, you know, the world? And I left there and then I went to actually try to buy... Um, uh, a network. You tried to buy a network? I tried to buy a network. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. How did that, like, okay, I'm doing this. It was um, being on the bus. I would. I didn't have a car at the time. So to go to work, I was on the bus. And they had this thing called transit television. So these television screens that were on the buses. Here, it's normal. We're in the train station. You're seeing news. You're seeing commercials and all of that. So likewise, they had something similar. And all the content. I'm in Atlanta. And the content is L.A. and Miami. And I was like, 
that doesn't make sense. I see nothing about what's happening here. So I was like, oh, well, why don't I start like a news magazine and put the content up there that talks about life in Atlanta and where to do and what not. And I'll never forget the day that our show launched was the day that um, President Barack Obama won the election. So it was November 4th, 2008. And at that very same time, it was the beginning of the recession. Mm. So here our mm-hmm. show started. We're like, what, what, what? By December, they said we filed for bankruptcy and, you know, they're they're going bankrupt. So here I am like, oh, shoot, like we just started a show trying to get sponsors and all of that. And this is where that West Indian hustle comes in. I was like, oh. I'll just buy the assets because if for anyone who's listening from a business standpoint, the money that they spent on the infrastructure to put the TV screens on these buses and they were in about 10 cities across the U.S., it's going to be pennies on a dollar now. So I could get these assets for maybe like $150,000 and start a network. So the infrastructure would be there. I just got to work on the content. Mm-hmm. Little did I know how much it would take. (laughs) (laughs) Money-wise? Money-wise and energy-wise. And there were other competing people who were trying to buy the assets. I tried to get... And, you know, I'm this kid who said they want to buy this network. So what kind of credibility do I have from a business standpoint? I met with a venture capitalist. And, like, I went through all of that, which... It's from a story standpoint, is helping me now because now it's all about startup life and things like that. So I went about that like 10 years ago trying to start a business on that level. It didn't work out. But again, you always come back to home in some way or form. Mm. So when I realized that I could not, like it wasn't going to happen, things were delayed, then it was like this voice I heard like God saying, Go like, home. go back, go back to online. Because oh. remember, Chosen Media started as an online magazine. So tell those stories, do those interviews, put those interviews online, put them on YouTube. And, you know, to, to condense it, because that'll be the part two and three is that's where and that. Four. Yeah, that's where that <laughs> video marketing aspect came in. Snackable, like tell stories in 60 seconds, two minutes, interviews and profiles about what's going on. And that's, you know, where we are today. As a member of the Atlanta tech and startup community, Liberty has spoken at A3C, SOCON 13, and Digital Atlanta, now Southwired, championing women in tech. You can catch Liberty on YouTube where she discussed digital marketing strategies, gadget reviews, and tutorials. Visit Liberty's website, chosenmedia.co. And you could follow her on Instagram at I am Liberty plus at Go 100 Small Biz. Let her know how you found out about her amazing feed, her services at Chosen Media, and YouTube content. Subscribe to the Black Canadian Content Creators Podcast and never miss a show again. Find out and hear the show on iTunes. Spotify, Google Play, CastBox, or any other podcast players. If you found value with this episode, I would really appreciate a rating and review on iTunes or comment on any other podcast listening platform. Follow the show on all social media platforms at BlackCanadianCC. And last but not least, visit bit.ly forward slash black canadian cc 
to join the group on Facebook. Thank you so much again for listening. Make sure you tune in next week for part two of my conversation with Liberty White. There's no better time to go for a huge score than during BetMGM's March matchups. And right now, you can make sure your first bet is a slam dunk. Simply download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on any college basketball tournament game. If any team hits a three-pointer during the tournament, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code CHAMPION200 when you make your first bet. And the opportunities for celebration don't stop after the net is cut down. Try BetMGM's innovative parlay selection features, boosted odds specials, daily promotions, and more on all your favorite sports. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use bonus code CHAMPION200 when you sign up. Then, place a money line bet during BetMGM's March matchups and you'll win $200 in free bets if any team hits a three during the college tournament. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4700.